It is time for another journey deep into the lining of the magical talking hat. Hat wranglers Tony and William reach into the yawning chasm that is the hat and pull forth the questions you have posed. Will they tire of your question quickly? Is your name Azure Talon? Then perhaps they will. But then perhaps not. But that will remain a mystery until we venture into the magical talking hat. Oh. Um. Just, just came in the door. Um, out where it's outside, it's a balmy, I believe, zero degrees currently. Very cold. No, not. It's quite warm compared to what it has been. I've been looking forward to this. Up to zero. I got yeah, out of degrees. the car without my gloves on and didn't cry. <laughs> So, my thermometer shows three degrees over here. So I'm just guessing. And the one in my car is always wrong. So I never know for sure. Um, so classic staple of the genre film is, I believe it most commonly is referred to as the everything you know is a lie scene. <laughs> um, one of the best examples, I think, spoilers for the usual suspects. Um, is the ending of that where you figure out who Kaiser Soze is and where he got all the names and stuff. And, you know, certain heist movies have a version of this where it's like actually the whole time. And it it almost always involves flashbacks and montage. And it's always, oh, everything. Oh, but then versions of uh, you were the murderer and you were hallucinating it with somebody else also have a scene like this. Um, all that kind of stuff. Um, you ever have one of those in therapy? I guess one of so. Those, like sudden earth shattering epiphanies that like recontextualizes your world and who you are. Sure. I think that's happened. Yeah. Yeah. I get them fairly regular, although when I think back, I'm not sure I've ever had them with other therapists. Hmm. Maybe just with this one. Um, <laughs> and they vary. Sometimes it's just a matter of like, oh, my goodness, I never thought of it that way. And other times it's like, oh, my goodness, I may not be the person I have always thought I am. <laughs> anyway, I bring this up because I just had one of those. And I am. Oh, wow. Only, only just scraping the surface of being beginning to process what it all means <laughs> mm. so i'm just gonna sit here and think you do a podcast uh that it, it is really um I, I was i was gonna use the word upsetting but i don't mean like in a way that makes you angry but it sort of upsets your yes. normal thinking um, and acting and it's hard to you need you do need to take a little time to process when that happens i do anyway i Without fail, and this is weird and probably says something about me. Always, I love it. It always makes me feel very hopeful. Mm, yeah. Because it's new information. I'm like, holy shit, this time we might actually get an answer. 
like, holy crap. Now, now, now that we're on the right page, now that I understand what the situation is, maybe now I can figure out what to do about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You and I have been very transparent about our mental health in this show. So to that end, I, I, I feel an onus to sort of explain what this is, but I want everybody to understand that this is very fresh and I can only really explain it in the most generalized terms. And uh, I don't yet know what it means. Um, The other useful thing is I'm always very confident in these because it's never one where the therapist says something and I'm like, that's it. It's always (laughs) something where we're talking about stuff. And then out of from over here, something hits my brain. Yeah. yeah, And that's what happened this time also. Sure. Um, I think I'm a parent. Mm. I think that literally with with a very, very small handful of relationships, and I don't even want to say relationships, the uh, the early portions of a very small handful of relationships with, with those possible few exceptions, basically every relationship I have ever been in since childhood, I purely unconsciously, usually, define myself in a parental role Hmm. even with you which was the one that kind of surprised me but it's still don't get me wrong you're a very capable and independent child and i don't worry too much about raising you properly but i still not only in the podcast but in our relationship i'm leading the way i'm the one who sort of picks what we do and what we talk about i i and and i i have that sense of sort of being responsible for the interaction hmm. um and definitely in i mean you you're you're one of the lesser versions and it's still there everybody else um including every romantic relationship i've ever had hmm. um yeah I didn't ever think about it that way, but, and it, and it, and, and people buy into it too. I mean, I, my college nickname was Papa Tony. Uh, the D and D game we're currently playing. We refer to me as mom, to be fair. That's what I'm going for. Uh, my friends have often referred to me as quite maternal, uh, in both good and bad ways. Yeah. So this is weird. I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but I never thought about it before pretty big one hmm. hey mean, everyone I... welcome to the magical talking hat podcast the only podcast in the world that really just wants you to be happy and maybe call every once in a while just so sometimes. we can keep involved yeah. in your life but right. really we're always going to support you whatever well, you do like once a week you're 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 our listeners and you're always going to be our listeners no matter what happens you can always listen to our podcast no matter what yes uh whatever your friends are doing doesn't matter (laughs) they're listening to maybe they're listening to flash here podcasts. sure Uh, and you can you can listen to those podcasts i had the realization 
earlier today that we have almost as many episodes as my brother, my brother and me. And in fact, have missed fewer. We are more consistent than they are. Mm. And yet we're us. (laughs) And they're them. (laughs) Like even within the same time frame, I know we have almost the same number of episodes because they started just a few months before us. So, like, it's, like, we, temporarily speaking, we have had the same arc, and yet, um, uh, I'm Tony. And I'm William, and this is episode 670. I've I've thought about the paternal, maternal, whatever, uh, parental aspects of your personality before, because you've talked about it in, in ways, um, I've never well, thought I definitely of, know I do it sometimes. I just didn't yeah. realize I do it all the time. Yeah, and I've never thought of it much in in terms of our relationship. Although, again, I I've noticed that yeah, you do those same things, but since I don't, I, I don't expect I res, I respond like other people do. That's just you being yes. you and me being me, and that's all fine. But you you don't you don't. Well, mostly there are exceptions, but you don't appear to define me that way. Um, even no. though I define me that way, a lot yeah. of people do. Um, it's very easy to do. I'm I am very good at convincing people to let me handle. I'm very good at taking care of people. Mm. Um, I am very good at at guiding people. Um, and I say good, I mean effective. I don't necessarily mean positively. <laughs> I don't I, I actually think it's often bad, but I am mm. very effective at it and very effective at making people think that I'm very good at it. And I mean, there are um, times where I've I've been interested in your opinion, um, or even advice. But I mean, yeah. you know, friends, friends do that. That's not unusual. In a, I'm not in a friendship. You're one of those people that I'm not sure you even define your parents in a parental role so (laughs) well i used to which sounds funny but i kind of i I kind of am serious about that yeah yeah i Um, I used to but there did did come a come a time where yes they were biologically my parents or whatever but i mean i don't know they would ask me about things and advice every bit as often as i would ask ask them it was i mean we very much switched over into something else was, which is why I sort of expected and hoped for that with my own kids. Um, yeah. And some people don't do that, th- which is fine. I would say most people, I would say your experience is unusual. Yeah. I would say that too. And I didn't used to think that I used to think, Oh, this yeah. is how this goes, <laughs> but yep. I guess it doesn't for everybody, but for all of us kids, all five of us, I mean, you know, um, a lot, my, my dad will ask uh, one of my, younger brothers for advice on things all the time when it comes to mechanics and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So it's just, I don't know. It, it, it didn't seem odd to me when I first was in college. And as, as I was an adult for many years, because I got to know other people and their relationships with their parents, uh, I started to realize, huh, <laughs> this is very different. I mean, we can even talk to our parents about things that when we were kids, we didn't feel comfortable talking to them about and I'm probably vice versa. So yeah, I, I realized that it's unusual. I didn't think it was for a long well, time, but I realized it is. And of course, we are all hitting the age where now something else can happen. 
which is that relationship flips. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. still is a parental relationship, but now the kid is the parent. Sure. And in sure. some cases, that has to do with the very obvious debilitating nature of age. Yeah, um, yeah. But sometimes it has to do much more with the social and emotional thing where the the child needs to assert their adulthood and the the parent is becoming less and less in touch with the world because i think part of the the parental view is especially when you're a kid your parents are gods your parents (laughs) know all the things your parents do all the things and your parents have the freedom to do absolutely anything they want when they're when you're a kid that's how you view it and i think part of that gets out of that and at a certain point with a lot again not with everybody but as as parents age um they become less knowledgeable about the world around them. They become less able to do things and they become less confident in their ability to know and do things. Whereas the child has become more able in all of those things. And also on some certain level, probably wants to assert that over the parent, because even though a lot of us still fall into that same relationship as we get over, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating to go to your parents and become a child again. Mm. Uh, because you're like, no, I'm a goddamn, when I leave my parents' house, I'm a goddamn adult. How come I come home and I'm suddenly a kid again? <laughs> um, and so this idea of being, so, so I, I, I think, and this is out of my ass, but I think at, at the age we're all getting to here, that can flip on its head as well. But presumably in your case, it wouldn't because- I, I, uh- it wasn't that way to begin with. No, and also wasn't though, that way I think, recently. Right. I also think though that things have changed in our world to a point where uh, I think a, I think a lot of people, not all people, but I think a lot of people no longer feel like um, hashtag not all people. No longer feel like older people have anything relevant to say. Oh, very much. You know, now, part of that is like what you were saying, because there are uh, technological and social changes that have come so quickly and and whatnot that uh, sometimes an older person, and I've I've experienced this already in my life as someone in his fifties, doesn't quite isn't quite keeping up, right? Doesn't quite understand everything that's going on. Of course, that yeah. doesn't mean they don't have something. There are there are eternal human truths. I, I think that they can still offer and experiences they can still share. But I think in general, the the cultural trend is to think that well if 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 they don't know how to work an ipad they probably don't have anything else valuable to share and, and I'm, um, I'm very much there in my opinion if you are in a decade two beyond mine you should be called <laughs> and i only say the decade two beyond mine because one of my best friends and my spouse are a decade ahead of me <laughs> And I do not at this point want either of you killed. So thank you. Well, today, but but people right now in their sixties and up. But I want to keep living. So when I hit my fifties, it's going to be people in their seventies. You'll change it, but, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, but it sometimes I've thought, you know, uh, in in earlier societies where where the 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 knowledge of a of someone who was in their fifties, sixties, seventies, or whatever. For, you know, providing anyone would live that long was really valuable. 
So it didn't matter if they couldn't still hunt. It didn't matter if they couldn't still do any of the physical things that they could do before. If, if they could articulate their own thoughts and ideas and memories, they were super, super valuable. So there was in, in a lot of early societies there, there wasn't really a notion of a person becoming less vital to the group as they got older and up until they passed. I just don't think that idea was even in anyone's heads because it was yeah. practic everyday practicality proved that different. Nowadays, there are a lot of ways, there's a lot of avenues to sort of dismiss an older person. And um, well, yeah, I th every, think it's caused every problems. Every value that the elderly have now is either replaced by the internet, anything they were going to teach me, I can find a video on. <laughs> yeah, or it has to do with their wealth which will be mine if they would just die <laughs> so old well, people it, useless and but this the term old is a moving target this this social sh shift comes at a time where people uh, where simultaneously people are living longer so it causes in, in the mental health field, it does cause a kind of an issue, right? It's like, okay, so we have more people living longer and that's great. That's fine. But we have a society that's, that's valuing less and less what an old person in particular has to offer, which is experience, wisdom, et cetera, et cetera. So how are people going to stay mentally well after a certain age? And, that, and that's a good, that's a really good question. But there's a, there's also a much broader issue here in that uh, what society's value changes over time. Mm. And, well, I'll give you a great example because it's been coming up a lot recently. Um, I think we are in an era where our society, uh, or at least parts of our society, value emotional maturity a lot higher than we used to. Mm. And I think we have a lot more things in place to help people learn emotional maturity um, or at least be accountable for their emotional maturity. We've definitely got older generations who were never taught such a thing and don't have that thing and are just a fucking nightmare now. <laughs> because and, and the reason this pops into my head as an example is because my therapist, as I was leaving the office held up. She's like, by the way, this is what I'm reading right now. And it was a book called uh, children with emotionally immature parents. Mm. And I was like, Oh, that's going to be real handy <laughs> <laughs> because I have heard a lot of people again, because we're at the generation. Isn't it nice how I include you in my generation? Obviously, you're old as shit, but I feel like it's for conversation. It's nice. I just want to point out how magnanimous I'm being. But we're at the generation where our parents are, are beginning to be a burden in some ways. Mm. I mean, they're mm. needing to be taken care of. They're need financially or emotionally. And whenever anyone I know complains about their parents now, and it happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Every single time, in my opinion, it's an issue of emotional maturity. Oh, interesting. Like every single time. Hmm. It's just like, get out of your own head. Stop being so petty. Stop being so self-absorbed hmm. for half a second. Hmm. Um, interesting. So, but, but 
I'm getting off track. My my point is this is just an example of something that I think in the present day we value more and it's not something that our society has taught our elderly and it's not something they're going around trying to learn now and therefore we devalue them because they do not have that thing we value. Mm, interesting. Um, hmm. Actually, a much less uh, spicy example would be technological familiarity and that one i think is perennial it the technology changes but the idea is i mean i'm sure there is a point at which people were really annoyed because their elderly parents were too scared to drive cars they still preferred buggies or whatever and they're like (laughs) god this is so buggies are useless now we have cars why can't you i'll teach you how to do a car and they're like no it's too confusing and they're like oh my god so useless like our version now is using an ipad yeah or uh using using the thumbs up emoji uh ironically like you're supposed to i guess i don't know um that would still get me uh I don't. It's very weird. It's very yeah, weird. It's so I thought weird. it was just a made-up thing, and then I asked the kid, and they were like, "How old is the person sending it to me?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's real!" Uh, that's crazy. If you're if you're just joining us for the first time, this is a show where I uh, shit on everyone's parents in the world, and William tries to mitigate it a little bit, but I just run roughshod over him. <laughs> no. Um, wow, that's really accurate. <laughs> That should be in our that should be in our notes about what our show's about. I think we have to I think there needs to be a bracketed wild card in the shitting on parents thing because it varies what it is. Yeah, that varies, right. But yes, I I I say awful things. William tries to give us a little bit of balance and I (laughs) just like a parent would be. Um good. No, we have a hat. Okay. Back off. We got a hat. It's magic in that it has its own email address, the magical talking hat at gmail.com. And people on rare occasion write into that email address, the magical talking hat at gmail.com with stuff they would like us to talk about. And the hat magically forces us to uh, via forwarding it to our emails and it was part of a larger it was part of a larger evil plot that apparently got thwarted in some coastal city there was probably an i-beam involved we don't know but the plot did get thwarted Um, that we know yeah we're we're basically a terrorist sleeper cell who's just doing (laughs) our little thing over and over again with no sense of what the larger plot was which has completely fallen apart yeah We, we we are we are the podcast equivalent of that Japanese soldier they find on the South Pacific Island who thinks World War II is still happening. Like, that's us. That's us. Yeah, that's right. That's us right here. Now you understand. Um, uh, everything is explained. Yeah. All right. Today is Tuesday. This will yes. air on Thursday. As per usual. And then we're going to record again on Friday <laughs> because I'm going to be gone next week. Yeah. So, and we tried to record yesterday, but I don't even want to say Zoom because it works for everybody else. My Zoom lost its goddamn mind as it is wont to do sometimes. And this time I was smart. And rather than spend an hour trying to fix it until I wanted to scream and punch my screen, I just said, let's reschedule. And we did. And it's working. Yeah. It seems to be working. Yeah. 
Seems to be. That's good. Worked last night when we played D and D. It was all fine too. So. Oh, good. Yeah, I don't know what the crap it is. <clears throat> um. So when was the last time we recorded? I'm really. It, was, it would have been the previous Monday. So it's been like a week plus. A little over a week, yeah. Yeah. So how's your mm-hmm. your little over a week been? <clears throat> Did I talk about watching the last this latest season of Only Murders in the Building? You did. Hmm. Um, mostly you just talked about how much you love Martin Short, but you did say <laughs> that it was good. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, so we started, okay, so you know how, I don't, maybe you can tell me. So do you remember True Lies? Um, I have never seen True Lies. Okay. I am aware of the film. I am aware of a lot of the people involved. I am aware of a lot of the plot beats and specific scenes. I So I'll give you that. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was a remake of some classic film or anything. I don't know if it was copying something else. But to me, to, to my understanding and knowledge, that's one of the first times Hollywood did that plot where <clears throat> some secret agent or, you know, is living a double life and he you know, lives with his family yeah, and they don't yeah. know he's a secret agent uh, to me i'm pretty sure that's one of the first times that was done and was popular or whatever i will admit i cannot think of an earlier version of that but spoilers seems for like... true lies he's secretly a spy <laughs> well i think they it's give that the away premise. right away it's yeah. kind of the premise <laughs> but um they've been making a lot of these lately yes like, they have which i have watched some of them none of them are good do you know what that's about? Why was there one that was really successful and then now they're all copying it or no, as near as I can tell, they have all tanked hard. See, that's what I thought. I thought they were all doing really poorly. So yeah. why do they keep making um, them? Ghosted is the earliest one I can think of, of, of the <clears> current <throat> batch. Ghosted <throat> was on Apple TV plus, And that was the Chris Evans and Anna de Armas thing. Hmm. And it was bad enough that it regularly comes up on a lot of these lists I see of like eight films that suck donkey ball, you know, all the like <laughs> bad lists, no good yeah, lists yeah. there. Right, right. right. Um, <laughs> and it mostly is just like we saw Knives Out. Chris Evans and Anna Darmus had great chemistry. Why the hell do they not have it in this movie? Mm. Um, but then uh, and then I recently watched Family Plan, which was also Apple. And it sucked. Mm. I mean, again, because I don't think anybody bothered to try. Um, and then now there's role play that's coming out with Kaylee Cuoco. Right. <clears throat> well, um, so I feel like we watched another one. We, we're watching role play. Okay. Is it a series or a movie? Series. Oh, it's a series. Okay. I guess I didn't know that. And um, yes, yeah, she's in it, but her co-star. Oh, dang it. I was... <laughs> Shoot, I can never remember this guy's name. He he was Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr. in Selma. He was Bass Reeves in the Bass Reeves thing. And now he's in this. What's his name? I always forget his name. That's it's terrible. It is. You're racist. <laughs> well, he does happen to be black, yes. So I suppose I could be accused of that, but I mean I David Oloeo. Yes, 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 yes. Or oh, sorry, David Oyelowo. I'm gonna have to work on that one a lot. <clears throat> yeah, well, me too. That, but it's I don't, it's not just his last name that I forget because I can't pronounce it. It's I don't even remember his first name ever. I don't know why I always blank on his name. 
it's not just because he's got a last name that's hard to pronounce, but or for, for me to pronounce. I'm but, still um, I'm still solidifying Chiwetella Ejiofor in my head, so I can't be working on another one right now. But he is so good. Uh, he, I mean, he's really good, and so is she, of course. She always does a great job. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think we would watch just for, even though we love her, which we would, I don't think we would watch just for her because we're not interested in this kind of plot is that, you know, that doesn't interest us, but he's in it. And, um, you know, a few other people and I thought, yeah, let's give it a try now. Yes. It's a, it's a true life type of thing. I, I don't think Abby and I are either one of us interested in that aspect of it at all, but mm -hmm. performances are so good. <laughs> We're well, just having a great time watching it. A series instead of a movie gives you a chance to tell the story very differently. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I could appreciate, I'm at the point now where if I know a movie's about that, I'm just never going to watch it. <laughs> I've been burned too much. I know. Uh, and I would be the same series, way. I could see, I could see more interest. <clears throat> I mean, it's, I would recommend people at least give it a shot. Um, like, you will not be who's impressed. It on? I forget who's it on. Uh, Who's it on? I wanted to say Amazon, but I might have made that up. Prime. Abby says Prime. Okay. So Thanks, um, that's what I <clears throat> Yeah. So I just give it a shot. I, you will, I don't think anyone will be impressed by the plottery. There's nothing new there. There's not interesting or exciting there, but um, the performances are good. The chemistry between the new two main characters is good. Um, Bill Nye comes in and does a great scene. I mean, it's just right in the first. Oh, show. that's right. He's a guy in it. I remember that from the yeah. trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like we've been, we've been thinking we might watch it. So we'll see. I, I think it again. The plot's not going to thrill you, but see, you're all about you're mostly about character, right? And I generally I like to think I am. I think I think you you might like at least the first episode. And boy, that guy is so good. He's good at everything. Uh, that we've ever seen him in. He's just a very good actor. And he's always doing, well, until now. See, so that's another thing. So when he did Martin Luther King Jr., you know, he was definitely trying to sort of channel that energy, right? And then when he did Bass Reeves, he had a very thick accent and all kinds of other things. I mean, it was, definitely had to be a character. Now, this one, this is the first time I've seen him in a thing where I I might guess he's mostly being himself, he's, right? Like some he's actors just being a dude, just a modern <laughs> yeah. dude. But but he's so <laughs> he's clearly making choices that are so good, so subtle, so um, so effective at conveying not just conveying an emotion, but but evoking emotion. I mean, he's I don't know what he's like in real life. I don't know if this this resembles uh, his actual self very much at all. But man, he is just so good. He's a very good actor. And it's. I, I encourage anyone who likes watching good acting, just, I mean, it seems like a dumb project to think that there's going to be great acting in it, but this guy delivers when he, no matter what the project is, as far as I can tell. So I'm really impressed. <clears throat> but anyway, that's kind of a, otherwise the week's just been like every other week, you know, I'm on my internship stuff, uh, doing some training and reading and things, but not school, but like for work, which is fun which is better. Yeah. You know, I don't have to write a paper or take a stupid test. You know, I can like really get into it and then talk to other people about it and in, in like real life. It's pretty nice. Um, <clears throat> and all the other aspects of course, of, of, of the job are, are um, really uh, exciting, you know, to, to engage in. So um, 
I've been pretty happy about all that. But um, how's your week been? Why does Kaylee Cuoco do commercials for Priceline? <laughs> I don't know. Why does anybody do no. commercials for Priceline? Well, for money. Okay. Kaylee Cuoco was on Big Bang Theory. Mm. It's a matter of public record. She has more money than, but I'll give you a better example. <laughs> George Clooney, I believe, is legitimately a billionaire, and it's mm. not because of his acting. It's actually his his he has some liquor company that made. I think it's tequila, and I, I think it came out. It made him a billion dollars. Why does he do Nespresso commercials? Hmm. Because and, and these ones throw me because so so like but like really good examples are are the people from from Big Bang Theory and the people from Friends. None of them ever needed to work again. They all made, and I don't mean like different people have different definitions. No, they all had millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars by the end of those. Um, because again, their contract negotiations were largely publicly known, um, and many of them. Did not all of them. Some of some people from those shows sort of never popped up again, and I like to think they're just living their best life. But a lot of them did, and I can understand. I'm an actor. I want to act. I'm going to do more things. And some of them really sink into like getting real artistic and shit. And others of them, or, or real experimental or whatever. Others of them, if you just like it, it's just fun or whatever. So you do. So like Matthew Perry, R.I.P. Did some sitcoms and stuff and had fun with that. David Schwimmer did <laughs> mostly in the UK. Uh, Jennifer Anderson did like, I, I get that, but commercials, like you would only do that for money. And I wouldn't think you'd need money. Well, so or she's, pro Lisa she's Kudrow does the daytime game show thing like game night on nbc or whatever she'll be a celebrity guest on that maybe it's really fun to do that show i'm like what are you doing it's weird so she's producing the show uh okay okay and does she also produce priceline well what that tells me is that <clears throat> she's interested in other aspects of the business right probably direct and you know production direction there's probably you know she might be partially doing someone a favor or she might be there might be a relationship she's fostering through that a business relationship um i, and mean, I suppose if you want to like finance your own tv shows or movies or whatever you need more and more money well right because you know we think of these people as having you know, millions or billions of dollars but when they make a movie they don't bankroll it themselves you know they get funding no, no, no. just like everybody else um but also um it sometimes i've been surprised what kinds of agreements are part of contracts and various things and and um i mean i don't think i've ever heard of well you have to do this many commercials for someone i've never heard of that but i don't know i mean sometimes you do sign on for like a campaign um it's actually, uh, I was just talking amongst the improv, the U.S. improv community, which is a pretty well-connected thing. Like people from Chicago and New York and L.A., like you sort of, if you if you do improv for a long time, you sort of get to know the other people. There are two big uh, 
heroic tales out of it of people who got such lucrative commercial gigs that they can basically do whatever they want. One is Flo from Progressive because she's she's an improv person who is known in that scene. And the other is the two guys from the Sonic commercials. And apparently they now have the ability to like bankroll events and, and do side projects and things that none of us know about because they got paid. And so it's like the dream of every improver is to get something like a progressive commercial contract. <laughs> or that kind well, of thing. another thing that I think happens sometimes is an agent calls up and says, Hey, <clears throat> you know how you want to be on the next big project from Warner brothers? Well, I know the guy, you know, who knows the guy who can get us, you know, information about this or whatever. All we have to do is get you in one of his commercials. And if we can do that, then the next time a big project comes up, we'll be the first people to know and we'll be able to get our foot in the door. I mean, I think that kind of wheeling and dealing happens, too. Um, And I don't know. They pay crazy from what I hear. They pay really well. Sure, sure. Um, And that's the thing is I don't know how much money I would need to have for somebody to call me up and say can you come over for the afternoon just fuck around in front of the camera and we'll give you a million dollars and for me to be like nah (laughs) so you know maybe that's a thing i mean i know in principle i shouldn't but i'm like would i say no to that like how much money would i have to have to say no to that that would probably be crazy yeah um and you know there, there's also it just always fascinates me with with other things i sort of get it and most of the time when i see other people in commercials i used to always feel bad if i saw somebody in a commercial who i knew didn't wasn't always in commercial especially if it's not like george clooney plays george clooney in those commercials he's not like the dad who who buys the dog food or whatever but i'll see other people um the one that used to get me a lot is the actor who played Will Smith's mom on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was in a lot of commercials and I used to feel bad. I'm like, she's a good actor. Why does she have to do this? And now I know I'm like, actually, that's where you get your money. People love having commercials. Um, And there's a lot of people I know who are like internet celebrities who mostly they don't they don't make money that way their money is from doing commercials. And I recently saw there's somebody who's been collaborating with the try guys a whole bunch. And I recently saw a commercial. I'm like, Oh my God. Well, there was a long time there where um, you would hear working like famous working actors doing voiceovers for commercials. Yeah. You you didn't see their face. There was nothing that there was nothing. nothing. There was something that there was nothing that said, this is the actor. You just, you would, if you couldn't recognize their voice, you wouldn't know. So they weren't yeah. even getting paid to as themselves endorsing this product. They they're just a voice and you would have to recognize them to know. And that's kind of interesting when that happens. And it's still there. And that one throws me, too, because. Well, I have an ear for voices. Yeah, I do, too. Um, I can almost always. tell, And so I can usually spot them, at least if I'm paying attention. And I get even if I couldn't. It's good to have Sir Patrick Stewart narrate something. <laughs> Even right. if you don't know who that is, it's good to have Mark Strong, mostly British people. But like, for example, Honda has John Cena doing all the voiceovers right now. And and is is do you see him or do you know it's no like no? Oh, so I, you I would can recognize you, his voice? Okay, so you just have to know. It's not even though what I would think of as like performance John Cena. It's very mild <laughs> or whatever, and it's fine. 
but they had to have paid him an insane amount of money. You think so, right? Even if he doesn't so, show up or they don't know it's him, then or you at think least so. an insane amount compared to what they could have paid just a random competent voice yeah. actor. Yeah, do yeah, enough yeah. people maybe, maybe, maybe they're just all assuming that they do recognize it. I mean, I haven't talked to anybody who's been like, What? That's John Cena? So like like maybe maybe I don't have as good ears I think and everybody has this good ear. Like I don't know. But yeah, that one always threw me too because I didn't used to really pay attention to it. It was sort of subconscious. And then somebody would point out, yeah, that's Patrick Stewart. I'm like, oh yeah. I never noticed that. But it very clearly is. I actually had that. So this is a dumb tangent, but actually it kind of goes into what I was talking about this week. Um so there's a YouTube channel called Gaming Harry, like short for Harold, H-A-R-R-Y. Gaming mm-hmm. Harry. And he's a British guy. And what his channel mostly is, is explaining the stories of video games. Mm-hmm. And he has various versions. A lot of it skews horror, which is what I like because I don't like playing horror video games, but I love the stories of horror video games. Sure. Um, and he does a lot of like smaller ones or things, or uh, sometimes he'll do. He has he has what he calls the entire story so far, which is a, a chunk he has, and it'll be like whole video game series, and he'll go through the whole story and he'll do it in narrative order. So sometimes if they're back, it's similar to a CZ's World kind of thing, but with video games. And in fact, he had one that was the whole Hitman series, which was cool because I didn't realize there's kind of a cool story there that I didn't know. Um, and the, the entire story so far ones are his big videos. So they're often like an hour and a half, two hours. So recently he dropped the entire story so far of the Gears of War video game series. And it mm. was four and a half hours long. And I was like, the hell? And Gears of War, I know kind of. I've never played them. They're they're very people like them really well, but from what I've always heard, people like them really well because they're really fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as story, it's a sci-fi military story, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Well, no, turns out it's a hugely deep and elaborate story. Um, I absolutely forgot why I'm telling. You, oh, you said it spins into the week, but we were also... Well, it's because it was something I did this week, but what oh. were we talking about right before this was uh, doing commercials? Yeah, and voiceovers. Voice. Oh, I do remember. I do remember. Okay, so... <laughs> no, this is something I should talk about because it's something I did this week, but also it is a point related to this. So I watched that, and there is deep lore and elaborate story to the degree that not only are there all the video games there are actually more video games than i realized there are spin-off ones that are still part of the narrative but also there have been like 10 novels and a bunch of comics and all hmm. sorts of stuff and it's a real involved story that was fascinating i really enjoyed it i actually think i also might like playing them because it's a kind of game when they first came out it's not something i would have thought i was interested in but nowadays i'm like eh, kind of like cover shooter things or things I can kind of have fun with sometimes. So I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, so at a certain point, the the plot, because it is so huge, is like generational. Like mm. for a while, your main character is this guy. And then by a certain game, it's his son. 
and things mm. like that. And so, mm. and characters come in and out and stuff. And some characters you didn't see for several games, and now they're really old and they're back. Or anyway, late in the series, this new character comes in, and his whole deal is to be antagonistic. He's on the squad, but he's just like an asshole, and he particularly is butting heads with a guy who's the military sort of wiped out his hometown and this guy was one of the people who did it and he thinks he was putting down an insurrection and this guy thinks he was killing people in a protest and so they fight about that and he's a jerk he's a jerk that's his whole deal he also i love this series because it takes place on a alien planet like thousands like people have lived here for thousands of years there's no mention of Earth or anything. They all still have very, very strong regional accents of all sorts that you would hear <laughs> on Earth. And this guy sounded British or maybe even sort of Australian. It was hard to tell. Um, but anyway, so he's in the thing and he's annoying and I'm not paying a lot of attention. But then there was something where he wasn't in the story for a while. And then he, some guy comes back and he brings him with. Him. He's like, and he came to help too. Turns out he's not so bad after all. And the guy's line is, actually, I am that bad, um, which was funny. But something about the way he said it, I was like, I fucking know that voice. And I went and looked it up. Uh, Leo from Fall uh, House of Usher, uh, the sheriff from Midnight Mass, the guy from I Zombie, Owen from Bly Manor, that guy. That guy. And a, he does a shit ton of voice work. Mm. Like maybe more than acting in front of a camera. Never knew. I was also really proud of myself that I caught it while simultaneously being shocked I hadn't caught it earlier. Because once I did catch it, now it's very clear to me everything he says. Right. Um, but it was odd. Something about that line like got me. Uh I always love finding that out that like people are are way more involved. Or just every once in a while, like I well, I'll get to that too. I watched another movie recently for an actor that was kind of a thing in the 80s and i was like what's he been up to and he's like oh no he's been working the whole time just not things i ever saw mm. um but that's what I, i'm actually saving some things because in two days we're going to do a recording and i don't anticipate life getting that interesting between now and then uh but i guess three days is tuesday i don't know what day it is um i did see two movies i want to talk about okay they were both horror films and it's a really good balance because one of them was really good and one of them was mind-bogglingly bad. In a, Which in do you want to hear about first? Was it bad in a way that you like? Like you enjoy bad movies? Not really. It, it was confusingly bad. Um, Tell me about the bad one first because right. the, the, the good one might be one I want to watch, but I'll forget. It also might be it. when you have watched. I don't know. Oh, okay. Because okay. um, it's, it's very popular. I just hadn't seen it. But okay. The bad one uh, is a John Carpenter film. Oh. That made me appreciate Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's not so bad. Um, and don't worry about John Carpenter makes some good films. John Carpenter also makes some very bad films. Um. This was a lesser known one, and I now understand why, from 1987, called The Prince of Darkness. Oh, that sounds familiar. Um, I mean, at, at, of course, Prince of Darkness sounds familiar. I mean, right? It sounds familiar. I know that a, guy. <laughs> it sounds familiar as a John Carpenter film, is what I meant. Right. 
as luck would have it, the Prince of Darkness is also who produced it. So no, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, the reason I look up part of the thing that, that jumped at me is John Carpenter directed it, and two of the actors in it are actors that I know mostly from Big Trouble in Little China. And I brought this up, and that's when I found out that my wife has not seen Big Trouble in Little China. So that's what we're going to be watching for date night, because holy crap, that's not right. You've seen it, right? No. See it! Right now! <laughs> Stop the podcast. Watch Big Trouble in Little China. No, I haven't seen that. Best John Carpenter film. One of the best films ever. Watch it. I never I saw... Best films ever. It's a hell you of a time. You and Azure Talon were talking about... like I, did, I, I never did see Gremlins. Never seen it. Gremlins is good. I like Gremlins. Uh, um, I'm fine skipping the Home Alone movies. I'm I'm very comfortable with that. I I am quite confident. I might have liked them when they first came out. I didn't see them. That I would not like them. I mean, I only saw um, it once. Maybe even in the no, not in the theater on a video or something. But it's Big like, Trouble in Little China, it's it's one of those. I I do think it's a good movie, but more than that, it's an awesome. <laughs> okay, it is well, an awesome it. movie. Um, and and a pretty involved cast. Uh, but anyway, so Prince of Darkness. Uh, it has a, a pretty cool cast too. It has the guy who played. Okay, and this does not help the cause for Big Trouble in Little China. But the character named Egg Fu from Big Trouble in Little China. Um, and then the guy. So Kurt Russell is the lead in Big Trouble in Little China, but he has like a sidekick, and the sidekick was in this other movie. And John Carpenter directed. It also had a guy with a very impressive mustache, but I saw past it and he looked familiar. And I looked him up and he was the Simon on Simon and Simon that wasn't Gerald McCrane. Hmm. He was the other one. Um, and it also had a lot of people that I just sort of know from the era, like, like just faces that I know or whatever. But I couldn't tell you what it's about. Oh, it has Donald Pleasance. And actually, this is the most fun thing. So Donald Pleasance worked with John Carpenter on a bunch of Halloween movies playing Dr. Loomis. Mm. The okay, therapist. that guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff. He's one of the great B-movie actors of our Oh, era. no, sure. Sure, sure. Um, But yeah, he played Dr. Loomis. In this movie, he plays a priest whose name is never mentioned, but the caption said it and the credits said it, he plays Father Loomis. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I love and hate that so much. <laughs> Makes me laugh every time and my eyes roll all the way back in my head. Yeah, it's so yeah. dumb and I love it. Yeah. But um, I don't understand what the movie is. The, oh, also Alice Cooper is in it, and I wasn't sure about that. I was like, "That dude looks like Alice Cooper," and then later I was like, "That dude really looks like Alice Cooper." And I looked it up. I'm like, "That dude is Alice Cooper," and he's playing a character called Street Schizo. So it's not a big part, but he's in it. <laughs> Street um, Schizo. <laughs> so the movie is. Oh God! What if what if Satan was goo in a jar in the basement of a church? And also, I think, what if God was actually an asshole who was banished to another dimension and Satan's whole thing is to bring his father, the shitty God, back and Jesus was just a dude trying to warn people about it and nobody believed him, I guess. 
also 12 years in the future, they will have the technology to communicate with you in your dreams in the past. Um, and so, yeah, what if Satan was water, green water? That's it. Like, like this sounds like nothing. That's as much of that plot as I can explain. Wow. Is, is so many things happen, as, as is often the case with John Carpenter. Very impressive uh, practical effects all around. Quite impressive. Some of which I'm really surprised could have been pulled off in 87. Very impressive. Nothing else makes a damn bit of sense in the whole and, and and they set up emotional beats that they never pay off they establish emotional beats that come out of nowhere um people get possessed by the evil water which literally involves squirting water into their mouth which is both hilariously dumb and uncomfortably sexual uh it's it's nonsense it's absolute nonsense of a film I can't. I don't know what the hell. It was. It was okay to watch, but it makes no goddamn sense. Oh, excuse. Me. Excuse me for that. All right, but let's set that aside. Uh, and let's talk about the good one, which I didn't watch because it didn't seem like my kind of thing. But then it was hugely popular, and everybody said it was really awesome. But they also said it was scary as fuck. And so I was nervous. And in fact, Trish decided she didn't want to watch it. And so I was going to have to watch it on my own. And it's not available for free. So I was going to have to pay money. So I was going to do it. I definitely was going to do it. I had decided. But I hadn't got around to it. And then the other night, Trish was like, let's watch a scary movie. I'm like, you still don't want to watch this? She's like, no, I can watch that. So we watched it. Talk to me. Mm. You Who's in talk it? To me? Uh, maybe. Who's in it? Uh, Miranda Otto and literally no one else you've ever heard of. I'm not sure. Uh, it's something about that know. sounds worth me. You would know. Okay. <laughs> well, um, then maybe I haven't. Yes. It's it. the. It was the darling. It technically came out in 2022, but it was the darling of 2023. It was the movie out of fucking nowhere that everybody was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome." Hmm. Um. It's an Australian film. And uh, it the it, it's it's a it's a it's it, it on paper it's a very standard uh scary teen demon movie. The premise is uh there's this hand and it's it's coated in plaster, but it supposedly is the embalmed hand of a of a psychic, and the urban legend is that because it's a hand and it's just sort of like this like it looks like the weirdest sort of paperweight thing and you're supposed to touch the hand and you say the words talk to me and then you say i let you in and a ghost goes inside of you and you have to sever the connection within 90 seconds or they'll want to stay and some teenagers have it and they they have parties where people do it and it's like a fun thing because it's really exciting to get possessed by a ghost but like, because they like tie you up so you can't be crazy or anything, and and so it's a thrill people have, and um, it goes poorly. <laughs> like, <laughs> high jinks ensue. 
<laughs> I like it goes poorly. I like yes. that. I I love but I, I like, love thinking of a pitch and they get to all that yes, stuff and then they go. Yes, but then it goes poorly. <laughs> surprisingly. But I mean, like I told you that in a very general sense, you get how the movie's gonna go from that. More or less, right? sure, sure. Yeah, more or less. yeah, and. It does, more or less. But it's really good. Mm. It's really good. Um, it is almost frighteningly well acted. A lot of these people are very young. It is well acted and well written um, in that it's a bunch of teenagers fucking around with the supernatural and getting fucked up for it. Which I watch a thousand movies like that. And I actually like and care about all of them, even the ones that are specifically the assholes. Like, I don't like them. I wouldn't want to hang out with them, but they don't seem like one dimensional monsters to me. Mm, like, mm. so often is the case. I mean, these are very flawed teenage characters, go figure. Uh, but like, they feel like real people and they don't feel like lunatics or monsters or just a character trait with limbs you know they feel right. real and it is right. so well acted and in fact the the lead the lead got a lot of credit i don't remember the actor's name her her character's name is mia uh she did a wonderful job and it's all very focused on her and, and she's great but but all the characters are miranda Otto, of course amazing um and it's a24 which maybe should be a sign that it's pretty good right there but uh it's also very well shot. It is. Maybe I'm inured at this point. It's not super. I mean, it's a scary movie. It's on, on the ranking of horror movies. I would say it is scary. Not in like a jump scare, but there's not like jump scares or anything. I mean, I can't promise you there isn't one or two, but like, I remember no jump scares and hmm. I, I never had one that like made the adrenaline happen. So interesting. Um, so it's not that kind of thing, but it's creepy. Um, because it gets into well ghosts as unreliable narrators is mm. basically mm. the thing which i mm. always think is a very fun thing to play with um and and to the degree it also it should never have a sequel it definitely has the kind of lore and it might have a sequel they set it up so it could have a sequel easily but it has the kind of lore that is like if we fill this in anymore, it's not going to be as good. Right. Yeah. It very much is the first, the blink episode of the weeping angels. Let's not do any more. Cause just actually we watched it about a week ago and just last night at dinner, Trish was asking questions. She's like, so what if this, and are we supposed to believe? Cause the very ending she thought sort of contradicted some of the lore. And so then we had to hash it out. I'm like, I didn't feel that way. And here's why. But I'm like, but we are hitting on the very fact that we definitely should not fill in any more details about this because it's only going to be dumber from here. But right, right, right. Yeah. It was real. And it's not a long, it's very tight. If anything, this I don't say very often. I think it could stand to be longer. Mm. I don't think it's, it's, this is the kind of movie that was so good that the imperfections really frustrate me because it is so good already that I'm like, if only this and only this. Right. And I yeah. think we could have a little more establishing in places oh. where we didn't. 
which is not to say that the pacing is uneven or difficult. I just feel like we could have even gotten more invested with just a little more establishing. And that is something I am not sure I have ever said about a movie in my life. Wow. <laughs> I probably yeah. have felt it on occasion. Sure. Uh, but uh, no, it's really good. Um, hmm. And I was I was worried because it was so it's been so hyped up. And, mm. and the neighbor kid, who also likes horror movies, but who I've discovered has no taste in horror movies, has been obsessing over this. And so I was nervous, but I wanted to watch it. And I was, I was, ready. but no, it's good. It's really good. So I would, I would recommend that. Okay. I think maybe we'll um, give that a shot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, I mean, it's, it's, it's totally supernatural, but it is very grounded in reality every character is flawed but also realistic and not monstrous uh i wanted to say there's no surprising twist no there are surprising twists but like like i said you know how the plot will go and that is how it goes but the right. details sometimes oh is it this is it this? and what i liked is there were moments in a scene where i'm like oh wait it could be this or it could be this. Like there were like four different ways. I was like, this could actually be going this way. And all of them would have been good twists in my opinion. So it was mostly mm. just, it wasn't far too often in a movie. I'll be like, well, if they're smart, they'll do this. But if they do this, they're stupid. This one was like, <laughs> no, it could be this, 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 or this. All of which I'm here for. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. And I'm excited about that. And and just, just solid performances and and very, very clearly non-improvised, but very naturalistic writing. Um, yeah, it was it was tight. I so really, these were I young really actors was. that you didn't know. Yeah, no, I, 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 some of them may have. Uh, I think a lot of them were new. I, I think a lot of them don't have a lot of experience. But I think the ones I think it's Australian. They're probably bigger in Australian film. Oh, TV, sure, right? sure. Except Miranda Otto. Miranda Otto plays the lead's friend's mom, who is a pretty involved character. I'd say she's not one of the main characters, but she's got a lot of stuff involved. And, I mean, she's Miranda Otto, so obviously. So uh, this is a A24, you said. Yeah. Which they are is usually enough to say it's going to be interesting. A24 yeah, right. also right. puts out some shit I do not give a crap about. I I am sorry, world, if anybody is bothered. And I understand the potential. And you know how I love novelty. But we don't need the movie where Numi Rapace raises a, a lamb as her kid. <laughs> I've delved into what that movie's about and stuff. And I'm just like, no, I'm good. It's fine. We don't need it. Like it's bonkers, but I also suspect I would have been really bored watching it, and I have no intention of ever watching it. But yeah, A twenty four reaches, and I love them for that. They always make it, but this one was solid, and it it was, it, I think premiered at the Adelaide Film Festival, and yeah, you know, it's, it's if people talk about a defining horror movie from last year, I think this is one of the big ones they will talk about. Nice. Um, yeah, so. I would recommend that to people. Uh, if you've seen either of these, let us know in the comments. Or if you're a parent, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Um, in the blog, themagicaltalkinghat.com. Uh, 
Also, uh, what's your favorite film that the Prince of Darkness was involved in? Comment below. Um, maybe, maybe the reason you were never that interested in having kids is because you're like, oh, I got enough. I got enough kids. <laughs> well, except you say that. I was interested in having kids. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I, I spent most of my life wanting and assuming I would have children. Oh, really? So did Trish. Trish mm. also. And in fact, I believe early in a conversation when Trish and I had just barely, actually, I think before we started dating, because it would have been weirder if she said it after we started dating. Um, she said, give it like another five years and I'm just going to get some sperm from someone and have a kid on mm. my own. Hmm. Uh, cause she's like, she's like, I'm getting older and I'm going to have a kid. Um, no. And then it was a few years of us really sort of discussing it. And sometimes one of us would be like, I'm not so sure. And sometimes one, the other one would be, and it varied. And eventually we decided, um, and I, I am very happy with that decision on so many levels, possibly because apparently I have seven or 8 billion other children. Um, but no, I always used to think that. I didn't know that. Well, to be fair, I'm also of an age where growing up, the idea that you wouldn't have children wasn't an option. Oh, interesting. No one was telling you you had to, but that's just what you do. Well, yeah, I suppose that's it, true in, when I was growing up too, but. And to, to a lesser degree, it, it's similar to going to college. My parents always made a very big thing about how none of us had to go to college if we didn't want, and that was okay. But there was never a chance any of us weren't going to college. Hmm. Like, that was just a given in our heads. Hmm. And it was always a given in my head that I'd have kids. Um, and I think that was very common back then. Um, although, to be fair, I did have a period in my young adulthood where I thought I would never get married. So attached to that, I probably thought I would have kids, but sure. I don't know. Anyway, um, anyway, um, I know two people in the world that do that a lot. That's their segue in every conversation. Two people. One, Joel McHale. He used to do it on the soup all the time. The other, my mom. Who has never seen the soup and probably would not recognize Joel McHale. I do not know why. I do not know where the Venn diagram makes this happen, but there it is. Mm. Um, those are two people. Anyway, uh, and me, apparently. Because I, I am the child of my mother and Joel McHale. <laughs> my dad's dead. Who's going to deny it, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, my dad's not dead because he's Joel McHale. Joe McHale is my dad. Oh, I do real quick have to tell you one other thing that I like. I introduced you to the Scaredy Cats YouTube channel, right? I believe so. He's the guy who does the Thought Slime channel, which you're probably more into, which is very political. But Scaredy Cats is his channel about horror movies. Hmm. Um, he got, sorry, they, no, I think he's all pronouns. Uh, got a wild hair. And what he is doing right now for 22 days in a row is reviewing every episode of the first season of the Canadian 
Supernatural Police Procedural Forever Night, <laughs> which is a show that I love dearly. And mm. man, it is a trip. And he's doing every day. He is very inconsistent in his video drops. And he is doing every day. And I am having a blast with it. It is so making me want to rewatch that show. <laughs> and actually, it's making me realize that compared to most shows of that sort of type of that sort of era, it holds up way better. Um, there is a lot of political stuff that is kind of fucked up, but uh, <laughs> in terms of production quality and acting and things like that, it, it holds up pretty well. I love that show. I'm sad he's only doing the first season because the end of the series is the part that I find the most amazing. That show, its last handful of episodes was one of the most impactful series endings I've ever encountered. It, it it did things that I didn't know TV shows could do. I have since seen that happen. I don't want to spoil anything, but it it did stuff that I didn't know you could do as a TV show to end things. Um, Interesting. It was very impressive. But huh. yeah, so I'm having fun with that. Um, all right. So yeah, go to the blog magicstockinghat.com. Uh, tell us your feelings on all this. Did you watch Forever Night? If not, why not? What's wrong with you? You're you you you're you're flawed as a human for not having seen it, along with Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, it's my hot take. Uh, flawed beings, specifically because of that, uh, which means William's just a mess. Um, also, please email us. We want to talk about what you want us to talk about. Otherwise, we just talk about what I want to talk about and Curse of Oak Island. And I want to talk about Chris Folk Island. So uh, I wish we talked about that more. That would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> so write us the magical talking hat at gmail.com. Uh, I thought I had a really good title for this earlier, but I think Joel McHale is my dad might have to be. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. I don't know. It's good. I feel yeah. like, yeah, good Solid. for SEO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have had that shit happen. I can't remember, but there have been times where because we put some celebrity or pop culture term in the title, we got a whole bunch more hits, mm. but not a whole bunch more downloads. Because <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. showed up and they're like, oh, this has nothing to do with whatever it is. So maybe we'll trick some Joel McHale fans that weren't. Maybe. Maybe that's what we'll do. Um, anyway, uh, everybody have a good week. Uh, we'll be back in three days, but for you, it will be a week. And we'll talk about Big Trouble in Little China. Yet another mystery solved by the hosts of the Magical Talking Hat. Do you have a question that begs to be answered? Then please write the hat at themagicaltalkinghat at gmail.com. That's the magical talking hat at gmail.com. Also, visit the hat at the magical talking hat.com. The music for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com. <laughs>